0: Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let the joy of the Lord spring through. Amen. We're good. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We want to get in our lesson again this morning. Amen. We've been taught, studying these epistle and equipping ourselves. Amen. With the apostolic faith and walking God. Amen. So last week we was finishing up. We was looking at chapter starting in chapter 3 and we saw that John began to write to the church here and he began to tell us that what matter of love the father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God amen the children of God he says that the world didn't know us because it didn't know him and so therefore we got to realize how much god truly do love us and we need to the search that, you know, there's so much the Bible says that I have not seen in years, not heard. And hasn't entered into the hearts of men, the things God which has prepared for them to love us. But he says he's revealed them to us by his spirit. See, the Holy Ghost is designed to show us things and to lead us and to teach us into all truth. And so, therefore, when we begin to look at God's word this Paul says, the things which was written afore was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures would have hope. And so when we begin to look at God's Word and we see the things that God was trying to do for Israel and try to show them, those things were types and shadows for you and I, the Gentiles, once we were grafted into this, this thing. And so we're now the sons of God. That's why when we're baptized in Jesus' name, A lot of people don't understand the value of that. You know, the value of being baptized in Jesus and the scriptures tell us is you're putting on Christ. Amen. Yes, he washes all our sins away, but there's nothing like being abiding in him. You're in him. He wraps himself around you. Amen. And as a result of that, everything that God is, we can be that, too, because he's our father. Amen. And he loves us and he cares for us. He wants us to succeed. You know, every time I read Joshua, you know, when Joshua takes the reins, the Lord tell him, don't ever let the law depart out of your mouth. You'll be strong. You'll have good success. You know, I grasp that all the time because we want to have good success. You want to be successful. You want to leave a legacy that people will talk about you years after you're gone. You know, the Bible tells us that one generation shall declare to the next generation the, the glory of God. So if I'm in Christ and I'm abiding in Christ and I'm walking with Christ and I'm living for Christ, then people are probably going to talk about you, you know, after you're gone. And this is what you're, you want, because people are going to have questions and they're going to ask questions. And the legacy you leave behind. Can you imagine, Sister Bill, after you're gone? Whoever get all your notes. They will. They will. Can you imagine what that inspires? You know, my my, uh, second pastor, when he passed away, his wife boxed up all his notes and sent them. You know, some of them I look at. Some of them it's kind of hard to read, but... Most of them back in those days, in the 60s and 70s and stuff, was was handwritten in pencil and stuff. But it's just amazing to see some of the stuff that they wrote and some of the things they talked about and stuff. And you know, it's just inspiring, you know, to to have that. You know, I I I look at that as treasure, some gold, you know, and stuff. And so, and, and I I just thank God for that, you know, and and to me, that's kind of like God says, I love you because I want you to have that stuff, you know, I'm giving you that inheritance, I'm giving you that treasure, you know, now, and stuff, and so, it's amazing, and I think all of us has probably got something, somewhere that, you know, was passed down as, you know, this valuable and things that will help us. To, to grow. so John wants us to know that God loves us, amen, and then we was looking at verse three. He says, "And every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Amen, We know that God in him was no you know sin, God was pure, one hundred percent God one hundred percent man but he had no violence neither was gall found in his mouth and so therefore god was pure and, and and jew tell us to keep ourselves in the love of god you know you know we got to stay pure we got to stay holy we got to stay right Amen. We got to have that right attitude. We got to build our character so that we're becoming like Christ. And this is what God desires in us. And so this is what John is trying to inspire in us as well. Now look at verse four. John says, whoso committed sin transgresseth also the law for sin is the transgression of the law. Amen. So if we break the law, guess what we're doing? We're sinning. Amen. If we break the law, we're sinning. This is why James says in James 4.17, Therefore, to him that know to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So, so we have to get a hold of this thing uh, called sin and purpose in our hearts that we're not going to let it control us. We're going to control it. I'm not going to let the enemy of my soul control me. I'm going to control him. Say, because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Amen. So, so John is saying to us, whosoever committed sin transgresses the law for the sin is the transgression of the law. And we know verse five that he was manifested to take away the sins and in him is no sin. At all. In God is no sin. So so John, is, if you notice here, he's back and forth. See, so now you would need to, with this passage, you would need to go back to chapter 1 and verse 5 through 9. This is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Here, But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And his blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we make him a liar and his truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, amen, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. See? so we we you know we have to make sure that we are taking command and control, you know, of the life that God has given us. Now, this is this thing that came with the Holy Ghost called the temperance. You know, some people call it self-restraint, some people call it self-discipline, but is that temperance button? That if you notice, in Galatians 5, is at the end. See, you can have all the other stuff, but if you don't have some self-control with it, you'll get out of hand. It's kind of like what Paul is saying with Corinthians 13. He says, you can speak in tongues till the cows come home. You know, he says, you can do all kinds of other, you give every sin in your pocket. You know, He says, you can give your body up to be burned. He says, but if you don't have love, it ain't profiting you nothing. In other words, you don't have God. You ain't sharing the love of God and living the love of God. He says, it ain't doing you any good. See, because God is in us. We are his little children. And therefore, sin should not control you. See, you've you you you've been given something now more greater to control you, to cause you to do what is right. That's what this is all about. See, Eve did wrong and Adam did wrong and it brought sin into the world when they didn't obey. See, so we have to get this thing right. Look at Romans 6. Go to Romans 6. Read a little bit of Romans 6, chapter, verse 1. We'll read down through a little bit. So, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall you that are dead to sin live any longer therein? See, repentance is your dying to wrongdoing. That's why we repent. We we see we're doing wrong. We see we're on the wrong track. But we want to turn around. You know, godly sorrow, work of repentance to salvation. So we want to turn around. I'm not going to go that way anymore. I see it doesn't reward me any good. It's kind of like you tell your children, don't touch the stone. It's hot. You know, don't have to tell them three or four times. After that, you know what? You get burned is always an accident. You notice that? You usually hit it by accident after that because after that, you know it's hot. You ain't going to just walk up there and grab it. See, your mind is already focused. I'm not going to touch that stove. It's hot. I've been, burned, been burnt once. So if I touch it now, you know, and get burned, it's usually going to be an accident. I, I forgot all about it being on, you know, but I'm not just going to go up there and lay my hand on it. They burn, you know, to try to see if it's hot. <laughs> and I can work that way, well, that's the way it was with sin. I understand the wrong now. I understand what it what troubles it can bring into my life. so I'm not just going to go out there and sin just to be sinning kind like I said yesterday a little bit as 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 you remember when 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 saul you know, got afraid and he offered the the sacrifices, you know, and stuff. And when Samuel got there and he says, what in the world are you doing? That's not your responsibility. He says, I forced myself. Once you know truth, after that, you got to force yourself to do wrong. You have to force yourself to do wrong. You have to force yourself to lie, you know, Because you start thinking already in your mind, okay, if I tell this lie, you know, is God going to forgive me? (laughs) Yeah. So you have to force yourself. You know, people have to force themselves not to tithe once they know to tithe. Yeah. Everything you read, after you read it, if you don't do it, you got to force yourself not to do it. Think about it. Yeah. See, so, so we're not supposed to let sin have dominion over us. Know ye not, that is so many, verse uh, verse 3, know ye not, so many has been baptized in Jesus Christ, was baptized to his death, therefore we would bear with them by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life for we have been planted together in the likeness of his death we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that our old man is crucified with him and therefore if any man being Christ is a new creature all things are passed away and behold all things become new amen that the body of sin notice Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. See, we buried the old guy, the one that was the sinner. We buried, we got rid of him. See, we're to be walking in newness of life. We're to be walking like Jesus now, who had no violence, neither was guile in his mouth. The the fruit of the Spirit should be in operation in us. The love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the goodness, the faith, the meekness, the temperance. You know, all these things, these good things, should be in operation. Not sin. You know, saying you can play Russian roulette, but somebody might get hurt. You know, have you ever played Russian roulette? You know, they would take a gun and put one bullet in it. And they spin the chamber and then they pull the trigger. You know, that's taking a chance, isn't it? Sometimes someone did not fare too well because the bullet was every nine didn't get in the chamber. See, we've we got rid of the old guy so that we shouldn't serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. If we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death have no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instrument of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. What then, shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servant you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. He said, if you obey sin, you're going to die. Because that's your master. See? But if you live right, you're going to receive right. We reap what we sow. Amen. So I want to sow to my life righteousness. I don't want to sow wrong things to my life. I don't want to sow wrong things into your life. I want to sow good things. I want to put the word of God so deep inside of you that you that you're like the children of Israel for 30 days. You just throw up the word. <laughs> like when they ate the meat, you know, the quail. They got sick for 30 days. And God says when it goes in, you're going to be sick. You know, that's what I want. It, it, you know, I want, I want every time you get upset with somebody, all you do like I did once. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know? That's 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 what you want in you. You got to put this deep within. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, be made free from sin. You became servants of righteousness. Amen. So so sin should not have dominion over you. Say you you want to take complete control, and so this is what John is trying to. To get us to see that we're new creatures in Christ now. And so sin should not have the meaning of us. And we don't want to just go out and sin. That's why the Bible says, if you sin willingly, after you have received the knowledge of the truth, there remain no more sacrifice for sin. Jesus isn't going to die again. See, when we are born again, we, we now must make the conscious effort to do what is right all, all the time. Amen. Look at Paul, what he told the church at, at, at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, and then we'll jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. you probably heard this a million times through 12, 6 through 9 through 12. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not "...deceive neither fornicators, nor adulators, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor abuses of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus." And by the Spirit of our God, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any of them. See, I can't allow things to pull me under. I can't allow wrong things to control me. Say, is what he's saying. See, that used to be you, and that used to be me. That's why he says, such work. Some of you, but you're washed. In other words, you got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You was filled with this spirit. Okay. So he, he cleanses us. And so now this vessel must be what? Kept pure. See, that's what John says. If he, if we abide in him, then you've got to stay pure as he's pure. It's kind of like what Paul. When you go back and you, you remember this in Ephesians five, when Paul is talking about Christ in the church, and he uses an analogy of a husband and a wife, and he says, "Wives, submit yourself to your husband." But, but you know, a lot of people focus on that portion, but they miss the scripture right before it. It says, "Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God." It's a, See, you, you, Sister Sandy, you have to submit to Brother Richards and he's got to submit to you in order for the love to stay right. See, because if not, it's out of whack. See, it's, it's, it's totally out of whack. See, we, we get married because why? I tell you I love you. You tell me you love me. Let's stay together. You know, low old country or something. Hey, no, don't go there. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> you're raising the old man. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but see, when you, when you, we get married, we're doing the what? The life. That's why G- Genesis 2, when God brought Eve to Adam, what did he say? They man should leave his father and mother and should cleave to his wife and they should become one. See, you're to be one in Christ. Say, and, and as long as, and then he goes on and he says, wife, submit to your husband. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Say, in other words, Jesus died for the church. So the husband should be willing the same way to die for his wife. Say, <clears throat> And he says, no man ever what? Hated his own self, but he nurtures himself. He takes care of himself. See? And so that same concept, he should be helping take care of his wife. The same way he loved himself, he should love her. And as a result, he goes on and says, it's a great mystery, but I'm talking about Christ in the church. See? And so, but he, he goes on and says that he should love her and cherish her so he can present her as what? A chaste virgin to Christ. Be pure, be clean, be right. And so it's the same concept here. Is we need to be pure in our actions and our motives and submitting to one another in the fear of God and loving one another the way that Christ loves us. And so this is what Paul is trying to get us to see. He says all things is lawful, but it's not expedient. Our nation says 18, you can do all kinds of stuff, you know, and and older you get, you can do, you know, I can go down and show my driver's license, buy all the wine, the beer, the liquor, the dope, whatever I want. Right. Because the law says I can do that now. You know, I can do that. But what is He saying to me? It's lawful, but it ain't expedient. It ain't gonna help me. He's gonna take me right back to where I was. You know. And so, therefore, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you see people. You know, and, and I keep scratching my head and I ask questions all the time. I says. If you're trying to get an individual off drugs and shooting up with needles, why are you going to keep giving them another needle to shoot up more? Why? It doesn't make sense. Uh, we, we have to realize we've been given something called the Holy Ghost and temperance to help control us. And so this is what Paul is saying here. And then look at the sixth chapter. And meant Second Corinthians, excuse me, in the sixth chapter, in verse fourteen. Sixth chapter, verse fourteen. Chapter Second Corinthians six fourteen through seven one. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what concords have Christ with Belial? Or what part have he that believe with an infidel? Or what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, and God have said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty, chapter 7, having therefore these promises dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness and the fear of God. See, Paul reaches all the way back to Isaiah chapter 1 there, amen. And, it, and it, what God says, come now, and let's reason together. He says, wash you, make you clean. Put away your evil from doing before my eyes. Learn to do good. Seek peace. You know, he says, come on, let's talk about it. He says, though your sins be as scarlet, they should be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, he said, they be like wool. He says, now, if you obey you're gonna be okay," he says. "But if not, the sword is gonna cut you to pieces." They and we see that Israel suffered a lot because they would never obey. You don't have to hit me with the tupa four or five times before I realize it hurts. Like my dad used to always say when he hit the mule, man. And he says, "I got to get his attention." Yeah. You know? I think I might have told you a story. We used to have a mule, man. Every time we'd get the cart full of corn, he'd work straight up in the air and dump it all up. Yeah. You know? My dad, one day, man, walked right up in front. And, you know, I didn't know what he was gonna do. You know, he grabbed the reins and he jerked them like that, and he went pow right in the face. And a mule has a hard head. I mean, and he hit that mule right between his Eyes, I mean boom. And that mule's ears shot straight up and guess what? That mule never dumped any more corn. He never dumped another cart of corn. Amen. <laughs> God don't have to keep hitting me twice. <laughs> you know. He he's hit me a couple of times, you know. He's hit me sometimes, I mean, and I don't want to go through that again. You know, I, I remember one night in church in Virginia, man, it was like God had a belt to just wearing me out. And I could see my friends out here. They were just laughing. You know, they laughed at the service, too, because I was laughing at him the earlier service, you know. He said, you just wait and God get a hold of you. I mean, it was. Sister Vicki, it was like he had me by the arm up in front of the church. And with a belt, it was like it was hitting me, and I was trying to out-jump higher than it was. But every now and then, that belt was hitting me, and I could feel the steam. I'm serious. I could feel the steam of it. And I was just leaping as high as I could, you know, and stop. Yeah, trying to get away. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what I did, but, but it, you know, I learned my lesson, you know. Amen. So, so Paul says here. He says we need to come out and be separate. Amen. Now, go go, go, to, go to the next chapter, Galatians. Galatians chapter three, start verse one. Oh, foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, receive you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are you made perfect? He says, you think the flesh is going to make you perfect? No. No. The flesh is enmity against God. That's what Paul says in Romans 8. He said, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. See, we we have to come out from among them. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your spirit. All that are in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the, uh, the, uh, the it's not, it's of the world. It's not of the Father. Amen. We've got to get this thing controlled. We want to abide in him. If we abide in him, Jesus says, and I abide in you, you can ask what you will. And it will be done unto you. Here is my Father glorify that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. God is 100% pure. We need to abide in Him, John says here in verse, uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. And you know that He was manifested to take away the sins. Amen. And in Him is no sin. Whosoever abided in Him, Sinneth not, whosoever sinneth have have not seen him, neither know him. See now we go back up. He said last week, remember, if they don't know us, it's because they don't know God. So if I'm sinning, guess what? It means I don't know God. Because God don't sin. Hello. Verse seven. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he's righteous. See, we are serving a righteous God. He's right all the time. (laughs) You know, there's no lie. God is truth. Remember, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory. Glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of grace, and he's full of truth. Amen? And the word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen? So notice what he's saying. He's righteous. Amen? He's righteous and 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 go back over to psalms fifteen real quick psalms fifteen Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle, who shall dwell in thy holy hill? he that walketh up rightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart, he that bideth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil. "...to his neighbor, nor take up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is or condemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord, he that swear to his own hurt and changeeth not. He that puteth not out his money to usurer, nor taketh the reward against the innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be moved." See, you got to get right if we're going to go to heaven. Verse 24, I mean, chapter 24, Psalms 24, verse 1 through 5. The earth is the Lord, and the fullness thereof, the world, Psalm chapter 24, verse 1. Everybody there? Okay. The, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he have founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord or who shall t- stand in his holy place? He that have clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessings of the Lord and the righteousness from the God of our salvation. Notice, the righteous is going to be who inherit the blessings of the Lord. You're not going to get any blessings doing wrong. No, no, no father is going to reward his children for doing wrong. Well, today I may have to take that back. <laughs> you know? They seem to be doing that, you know, and they, then they wonder why their kids are cutting up and acting crazy. You know, we're warding bad behavior. I think scripture says you spirit the rod, just spare the child. Now look at Ezekiel chapter number 14. Ezekiel 14, starting at verse 10. Ezekiel 14, 10. And they shall bear the punishment of their iniquity. The punishment of the prophet shall be even as punishment of him that seeketh unto him. That the house of Israel may go no more astray from me, neither be polluted any more with all their transgression, but that they may be my people and I may be their God, saith the Lord God. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing trespassing grievously, then I will stretch out my hand upon it, and will break the staff of the bread thereof, and will send famine upon it, and will cut off men and beasts from it. Though these three men, nor Daniel and Job, were in it, they shall deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord. If I called north some pest beasts to pass through the land, and they spoil it so that it be desolate that no man may pass through because of the beasts. Though these three men were in it as I live, saith the Lord, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters. They only shall be delivered but the land shall be desolate. Or if I bring a sword upon that land and say, Sword, go through the land so that I cut off men and beasts from it. Though these three men were in it as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. Or if I send a pestilence into the land, and pour out my fury upon it in blood to cut off from it man and beast though noah and daniel and job were in it as i live saith the lord god they shall deliver neither son nor daughter they shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness notice it takes righteousness to be delivered daniel noah and job You know, the Bible mentions these three men, and other passages says, Mark, the perfect man. And God calls all three of these guys perfect. And notice what he says. They ain't going to save nobody but themselves. And it's going to have to be by their own righteousness. And so we have to make sure that we are not sinning just to be sinning. You know, we, we have to get to that part where we are doing what is right because righteousness is the test. Just like love is the test, righteousness is the test of sonship. See, as his children, we, we gotta have love. We've already seen that. And now we got to be right. We got to do what is right. These are tests. That proves to others that we love God and He, we're, He's our Father. Amen. We got to stay on, on track. And so John is trying to tell us not to walk in darkness, but walk in the light. See, Paul says in 1st Thessalonians 5, 5, he says, you're not the children of the night. You're the children of the day. See, we're not of the darkness. God is the light, and see, and in, in Him is no darkness at all. So, as His children, we don't walk in darkness. Like your favorite scripture, you like to quote Psalms 139. Do you ever notice that one verse? It says, you know, at the, at the, you know, He He will lead me with His right hand and 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 guide me, you know. And then it starts talks about darkness, you know. He said, the darkness hiding not from thee. He said, the darkness shining as the light. He says, the darkness and the light is the same under God, just like him. You know, because when Jesus shows up, darkness got to go. You know, Satan ain't going to be there. See, so we have to realize the value here of what God is and what God is saying to us. Amen. Look at Ezekiel 18 again, verse, let's jump over real quick. I got a few minutes here. Let's see. I think it's chapter 18. 18, starting with verse 19. Chapter 18, verse 19. We'll, we'll try to see if I can read real fast through the, to the end of the chapter. Amen. Ye, yet say ye, why doth not the son bear the iniquity of the father? When the son have done that which is lawful and right and have kept all my statues and have done them, he shall surely live. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. But if the wicked will turn from his sins that he have committed and keep all my statutes, and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live and, and shall not die. All his transgressions that he have committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. And his righteousness that he have done, he shall live. Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked shall die, saith the Lord of God, and not that he should return from his ways and live? But when the righteous turn it away from his righteousness and commit iniquity and and do it according to all the abominations of the wicked man, doth shall he live? All his righteousness that he have done shall not be mentioned in his trespasses that he have trespassed, and in his sin that he have sinned, and them shall he die. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not equal. Here now, O house of Israel, is not my way equal and not your ways unequal? When a righteous man turn away from his righteousness and commit iniquities and, and dieth in them for his iniquities that he have done shall he die? Again, when the wicked man turn away from his wickedness that he have committed and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his own soul. Save his soul alive, because he consider it and turn away from all his transgression that he have committed. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Yet, saith the Lord of Israel, the ways of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, are not my ways equal and not your ways unequal? Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby you have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. But why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live. Notice what God is saying. He says, are you out there sinning and doing wrong? He said, you turn around. He said, you're going to live. That's that's being fair. That's what he said. Repent, be baptized, every one of you for the remission of sin. You're going to live. But he says, now, if you've been doing right, and then all of a sudden you just decide you want to go back and start doing wrong, he says you're going to die. He says, and you say to me, I'm not equal. He says, you think about it. He says, I'm right. Uh, so we have to realize this. God don't want us to keep going in the wrong way in sin. We have to be right and live righteous. In verse, and we'll finish with this verse. First John chapter three, verse 10. Let me read nine. Nine and 10. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. And this, the children of God, are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Notice. The test, the proof of sonship. Love and righteousness. If you love God, keep my commandments. Love one another as I have loved you. On these two commandments hangs all the law in the prophet. And then do right. Those are tests of sonship of Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God.